some of the women, they don't have an end goal in mind. And I'm like, if you don't have an end goal in mind, how do you know when you've made it? If you don't have a definition of success or you don't know what that looks like, how do you know when you've achieved it? Hello, 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 and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. I'm your host. Now, with podcasts, you can take us anywhere and everywhere, and I'm getting some great feedback about this show, so thank you very much for your support. Um, you know, it's wonderful. Keep it coming through. Now, on today's show, I have the pleasure of welcoming holistic coach and strategic consultant, Nicole Wright. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. A pleasure to have you here. Now, you and I will be talking about the importance of transitioning from entrepreneur to CEO, mistakes most entrepreneurs make, and your 12-month program that moves women from entrepreneur to rockstar CEO with elegance and ease. So where are you calling in from today, Nicole? Uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, beautiful. Has that been, uh, has that been home forever? Um, it's been most, it's where I grew up. It's yep. where I was born. Mm -hmm. uh, I've lived in Illinois. I've lived in Ohio. But I moved back here around five, six years ago. Okay. What drew you back? What What do you love about the place? Well, mostly it's because uh, one of our children, she got sick. Right. And the cold weather really made it uh, worse for her. Mm -hmm. So we moved back down here since it's a lot warmer. And right. it doesn't make her rheumatoid arthritis flare up as much. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, look, I know that you, you personally have a lot of challenges, and in a little while we're going to be talking about those. But before we do, and we switch gears to focus on that, Nicole, tell us a little bit about what you enjoy doing in your pastime. Do you have any hobbies, or do you like movies? What do you think? If you've ever watched South Park, they had, they had an episode where the parents were watching uh, a lot of true crime. And they reference it, and they called it murder porn. That's what I watch. I watch ID, the ID channel, every day, all day when I get a chance to. So that's what I watch. I'm a I'm a Prime person. I I, I discovered Amazon Prime not that long ago, and it's changed my life. <laughs> so, I have that too. I have that too, and I do like the ones that they have for a free show. I hate the ones that you got to buy because I'm like, oh, I hate it. Yeah, I've already paid for uh, that. <laughs> Do you like uh, music? Do you, are you a music lover? Um, I'm okay with music. Um, the iTunes, they get me. Yep. I'm like, okay, I got to load up on some iTunes and <laughs> go ahead and do that. But I'm more of a Cody person now. Oh, I right. kind of cut the cord with the cable. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I cut the cord with cable, and that's been a, a huge improvement over the cable bill. Oh, so I now I have more. I have more for the iTunes now. So. <laughs> very good, very good. Now, now I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I always had pets in the house. Do you have a pet? No, no. I'm scared of every animal oh, known really? to God. Yes. Why do you think that is? <laughs> oh, I've tried. I've taken my even when I took my young kids, taking them to the pet store yeah, when yeah. they were little. Yeah, yeah. I took them, and I stayed by the front door. Oh, wow. I took them to the zoo, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get through this. And there's one animal that I'm petrified, have phobias about, oh. and I don't go near them. And my dad used to love them, and we went by there, and it was show and tell, and they had one, and it 
slithered on me and I oh. passed out. Yeah, well, you sound like my wife. She doesn't like things that scurry or slither. Tell me, when you were growing up, who did you have in your life that you looked up to? My dad. Mm -hmm. Tell us about him. He was he was just an amazing, you know, my mom and dad, they got divorced when I was about 10. Mm -hmm. And so I really had it hard because every two weeks I would go and I would stay with one. And then I, every two weeks I'd go back to another. So yes, yes. I never really had you know, like stable friends or stable anything. Cause every two weeks I was packing a suitcase yes. going to different, but I, I was always a daddy's girl. So when he passed like five, six years ago, that really hit me really hard. I but I, I've always looked up to my dad. Yeah. Tell me what, what do you think is the one thing above all other things that he taught you that you, that you apply in your life today? Do you think? To have self-respect and don't ever compromise that for anything or for no one. Now, I can only imagine, and I'd love for you to share with us your story. I know that um, you had to live with, and now please excuse me if I pronounce this incorrectly, Chiari malformation. Can you tell us about that? It's Chiari malformation. I found out when I was 31 years old, it is a birth defect. Mm -hmm. And... I'm like, okay, if it's a birth defect, how come nobody found this at birth? Most adults, they don't normally even find it until they're dead and they find it at the autopsy. Wow, that's incredible. So isn't it's it? a rare it's a rare condition and what it is is that the her the tonsils in your brain they herniate and they break away from the cerebrum and they start attaching themselves to my spinal cord. So I got to the point where I couldn't swallow. My my vision was blurry. I mm. couldn't hardly speak. I couldn't drive. I couldn't hardly walk. My blood pressure wouldn't go down. And so they kept trying to get everything down. And that's when my neurologist said, we're going to send you to a neurosurgeon. Yep. So they found out that I was like 10 millimeters herniated. But then my daughter, she was sick. At the same time, so I said, well, she's admitted, so I can't do anything about this right now. So I just put that on the back burner to deal with her health. And every year, it would herniate another millimeter. So it went from 10 millimeters to 17. And it just, I had to have a brain surgery in 2015. And the doctor who did it made it worse. So I had to go, go see a specialist in 2017 mm. that corrected what the first doctor did mucked up but he i still have lingering effects from what the first doctor did they don't cure you from it they just get it where it doesn't get worse doesn't get worse now i've been doing a little bit of research on it and uh, you know i wonder um what has it done for your mindset because i feel like it's made you stronger given all of the things that you're now doing in your business tell us a little bit about how it's changed your view on life well I don't believe in the word impossible anymore. After going through two brain surgeries, the word I can't is not in my vocabulary. Because mm -hmm. once you go through something like that, then you know what? I can make the impossible possible. That kind of, it kind of changes your way of thinking. And it moves you to like, you know what? No, I can do that. I don't know how it's going to get done. But I'm going to, instead of thinking outside of the box, I'm going to think like there is no box. That's incredible feedback. Thank you for sharing. Now, 
you're you're really somebody who seems to be taking advantage of all the life experiences that have come your way. But what makes life worthwhile for you right now? Is it your family? Is it your friends? Is it your, is it your business? Is it the people you work with? I get satisfaction knowing that the mission for me is for that women are empowered and they are able to level themselves up, level up level their business and then they're able to do the same for their clients so i get satisfaction from that and then i have four grandchildren now so i am on the path of now is like i get to leave generational wealth yes absolutely what do you think you can teach them anything is possible anything is possible you know you can you know you can shoot for the moon shoot for the moon and if you don't get there the the stars are there. This is wonderful. Um, I appreciate you sharing your, your story, a bit of your story, because I, th I think it gives a, a real good level of context to the call behind why it was that um, you, you're doing what you're doing now. So what did inspire you to become a holistic coach? And what is a holistic coach? I started out coaching all men to begin with. Mm -hmm. And that was back on the MySpace days, long time ago. So... There were guys who wanted to get into the rap industry, and then my husband was a music producer at that time, so um, everything was going fine. And then I had one detective to come approach me about one of my clients' form of compensation. Oh. And so I said, you know what? That's it for me. I'm not about to get caught up in anything that no. I can't get myself out of. No. So we're done with that. Um, so I decided what I did was, is I signed up with a lot of temporary agencies because I had already graduated and had a bachelor of professional studies in organi organizational leadership. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get placed in many functions, in many roles, because I know I wanted to own my own business again, and I wanted to get my feet wet in every single function that there was. Yeah. And I was at an interview, and I just so happened to look up at the organizational chart. I'm like, hmm, there's about 50, 60 pictures up there, and only two are women. And it's one over customer service and one over human resources. And it just infuriated me. I'm like, look, I just got through graduating college, and there were more women there than men. I'm like, we're capable of being over accounting. We're capable of being over finance. We're capable of being over engineering. I mean, we could do more than human resources and customer service. So I just left the interview. And I started making plans then. But then I hit a roadblock mm -hmm. when I got sick. Yeah. When I got sick and had the brain surgery. Yeah. Everything from 2006 to 2013 is a complete blur. I bet. Can't tell you what happened up in there. I had a bounder. I had some binders. One of the binders was Knowledge Trend. That was a, when I was a homeschool consultant. Then I had another binder, which was Active Data Services, when I was doing taxes. Then I had another binder, but it had no name to it. And that it had the mission and the vision, and it's everything that I'm doing now. So I just took that. And that's when Mahone Consulting was born. I find it really interesting that the things we write some time ago, often years ago, become the things that we do today. Have you found that? 
I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, when I read that, I'm like, it resonated so much to the depths of my soul. I'm like, I am so glad that I wrote this, that I kept that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Now, um, in terms of the term holistic coach, can you explain what services that includes? What do you do? That that is looking at the business at a whole and looking at the business owner as a whole. Right. Because most of the time, it's getting to those questions, getting to that business owner to dig down deep and pull those answers that they have that's well beneath the surface. Yeah. That's why there's a, there's a lot of, when we get to that mindset, there's a lot of the journaling and a lot of the meditations that gets them to dig deep and do a lot of introspection because there's a lot that they don't even know that they have the power to do until they get there and just really sit still and let the subconscious and the culture get in an alignment. Come to the fore. Yes. Now, how important is it for um, the people that you're working with transition away from being an entrepreneur to an actual CEO? Is that something that every person should be trying to do? Um, I think that if you want to scale this is something that you want to scale and you want to get to that six figure and seven figure and beyond it's something that you have to do and there's even you know what i call a ceopreneur which is a combination of the two yeah you keep the ceo part and you still keep that risk taker of an entrepreneur but you know that you have to delegate and that's the one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs just don't they can't they treat the business like their baby yeah when you have to think of it like a machine something that operates without you because that's when it's able to go ahead and work for you and not you working in it instead of you working in your business your business can work for you Absolutely. But if you keep it like your business, then it's dependent upon you to work. Yep, yep. You become a cog in the may, wheel. Yeah, and it, you become you become the the pitchfork. You're it, it can't function without you, and you'll never scale like that. This seems to me to come back to that mindset that we touched on earlier. What what sort of satisfaction do you get from seeing? people that go from that entrepreneurial mindset um, mindset to a CEO's mindset? How does it make you feel? It feels, it's monumental because I know that, okay, it's like my job is done. It's like feeling proud that they took what I said and they took it to heart and, did it. and they received it and then they're implementing it. You have to be able to implement it in your own business and in your life for it to pay off. Well, we're gonna talk about your your program in a little while, but I was also checking out other social um, presence that you have, and I found your uh, MOCHA framework. I love it. Tell us what that's about. Um, it's a framework um, that I came up with. It's the, the meat and potatoes of the program. where, you know, M stands for manifestation, and it's where you do the visualizing and the journaling so your subconscious mind and your conscious mind can be in sync 
with yeah. one another. Mm-hmm. And the O is for when you're optimizing your offers and your messaging. Because that is everything that is your business. Yeah. And if you do not get that right, then you have no business. Mm-hmm. You can't get leads. You can't convert those to sales. I mean, everything lives and breathes with your offer and your messaging. And then the C is when you're choosing that vehicle for the transformation for your client. You know, are is it going to be group coaching? Is it going to be one-on-one coaching? Is it going to be a membership? Is it going to be a retreat? Is it going to be a mastermind? You know, there's so many different vehicles that, that you can use mm-hmm. to take a person from misery to magnificent. Magnificent. That's a that's a that's definitely a transformation, isn't it? And that framework gets them there. Yeah. Can you can you just tell me? Can anyone become an entrepreneur, and then even on to a CEO, or is it if if you're an employee and you want to shift and start your own business, can people do that? If you have the mindset and you have that risk taker ability in you and you're that hungry and you're driven, mm. then yes, you can be an entrepreneur. You can be like, hey, this nine to five is just not for me. I want more out of life. I don't want to be dictated. I don't want anybody telling me when I go to lunch. I don't want anybody to tell me when I when I work. I don't want to be confined. I know that we've touched on mindset, but um, are there any other main mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making, especially startups and those who have no experience? I say when they don't have an offer yep. for that lead because everything begins with the offer, mm-hmm. but then they don't have that lead magnet that will draw in that offer, that lead. You have to do that quid pro quo. So in order to start that relationship of trust, you have to get that person to start building a relationship and the lead magnet it can be a quiz funnel it can be an ebook it can be an actual book it can be an action guide a how-to you know people love to learn believe it or not they do <laughs> love to learn and they love learning about themselves and yeah. that's why quiz funnels have really taken off because it's it's really the one of the best things you can do Everything since the privacy laws have changed. So if, 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 if somebody's starting up a business and they don't really actually have an idea, but they've got that spark and they say, look, you know, I, I really think I can do something here. How would you go about, you know, generating ideas for a new business or should you already have one? First, I would tell them to get, get out a good old pen and paper mm-hmm. and start writing down what are their passions. Yep. What are they passionate about? And then on the other column, see what gives them purpose and see if any of those overlap. Because nine times out of ten, if you get the ones that overlap, that's going to be the killer one right there. That's the one to follow up on. Now, you and I spoke about earlier about um, your focus on women just after you graduated, only two in the, uh, I guess, the business structure. Since that time, how many women that you've worked with um, who opened businesses transition to actually becoming a CEO. Are you seeing that and that number is increasing and improving? Yes, it has most, um, I know it's in the, the mid hundreds. I don't know if I made it to the thousand, but I know it's in the, in the mid hundreds. I know it's 
been over 500. I know I'm over 500. So tell me, what do you think that uh, women are, are still largely underrepresented in industry? There is still this myth that women's path should be marriage and parenthood. There's a little bit of old school thinking. And don't get me wrong, because I've followed down that same path. I just decided, hey, I'm going to do both. So tell me, what are some of the challenges that are still faced by women? Is it, what is it? I mean, they, I mean, they still, I mean, even when they do and they get their businesses, they don't receive as much funding as men get, especially from the venture capitalist world, mm. uh, from the um, federal contracting. They don't get as much uh, money as the other, you know, because you get it from being a veteran, uh, minority and you yep. have women and they don't get as much uh of the funding why do you think women would make great ceos women have empathy and that is a empathy and nurturing are great qualities to have as a ceo because you can lead a team and you can put a team together that's much better when you have those qualities do you think that uh, men and women should work side by side uh, in this respect because there are some strengths that men might have that women don't have and vice versa? Would you agree with that? Um, I agree that they, they, they can draw on each other's strengths. Mm. If they, you know, if they can just put ego aside and just draw strength from one another, then, you know, they can be a better team. Absolutely. Now, tell us a little bit about, I guess, the pain possibly behind the process of watching one of your clients transitioning from that base level entrepreneur to a CEO. What are some of the, I guess, the growth pains that happen? First of all, when they realize that, okay, they have to relinquish control, that is hard for some people to do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they're a multi-type, they're mostly type A personality. Mm -hmm. That's asking a lot. And they have to literally fight with themselves to give up control and say, hey, and I'm like, no, I know you're used to doing all of the things. But, you know, if you want to get here and you want to get up there, you got to let somebody else do this over here. Do you find that um, that type of personality can actually do that? Or do they often say, look, it's a bit too scary for me? It takes them longer. Yeah. It does. It, it literally takes them longer to come around to doing that. Or what they may do is if you tell them that they need to delegate Project A and Project B, mm. or they may let them do Project C and D. Knowing that C&D is not what they need to be doing. They need to be over project A and B. Yeah. But yeah. no, they didn't want to give project A and B away because they feel like that's their baby. And trying to get them not to look at their business as their baby because babies are dependent upon you to function. And you do not want to build your business that way. No. You want to build them like a machine. Yes. An ATM machine, to be more specific. 
Now tell me, Nicole, um, I know that you've got so much um, experience and knowledge in this space. Do you think you'll end up writing a book about the things that you know and, and the work that you do? I have thought about that, especially since now that there are literally programs where I can just speak into it and it will type the words yeah, as it's I wonderful. talk. Yep. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's on the cards, Nicole. I think now that you've been on the show, we're, we're going to expect you to write a book and come and talk about it. <laughs> now, um, given that we're at, uh, at this point of the call, I think it's time to start talking about your specific coaching program called the Six Figure CEO Goddess Group Coaching Program. Tell us about it. Yes, it's a it's a year long program. It has twelve modules, yep. and so each module lasts about a month, and um, and it's literally taking them through each phase. Like we start off with the game plan, just like an overall thirty thousand foot view of what it's going to be like. Yep. You know, what do you want your business to be like? What do you want your personal life to be like? Because you have to know what your what your what what is your game plan? What are you in for? And um, I noticed that sometimes some of the women they don't have an end goal in mind. Oh. And I'm like, if you don't have an end goal in mind, how do you know when you've made it? If you don't have a definition of success or you don't know what that looks like, how do you know when you've achieved it? So that's uh, more than likely that's like one of the first things yep, that, they have to that I have to have them to do is for them to de uh, define what their uh, their what their role to success is. You know, the, the big picture and the goal setting, and what's your revenue goal, and what what is your purpose. And then we go right from there, and then we go with, you know, begin with the end in mind, which I love that because I got that from Stephen Covey with his seven uh, principles of highly effective people. Yes, you know, that. When, yep. yep, when you begin with the end in mind, which that's the way I look at everything. Start with the results and reverse engineer and work your way backwards. Yep. If, you look, if you approach everything like that, then you won't fail because Always you will have up. covered every base. Yep. Mm -hmm. Do you meet multiple times a month? But believe it or not, there is a um, there's a, a group coaching call that's every week. Every week. Yep. Every week, and then there's a separate what I call a power hour call mm -hmm. that's once a quarter. And that's for to go over what that lunch strategy is to see what you're going to do for that quarter with your lunch that's going to go toward that yearly revenue goal so that you can hit your six figures. I like the fact that you're so in contact with the people that you work with. Now, you, you talked earlier about having a system in place to you know, start building that trust. Do you do you talk about the operational side of the business as well and creating lead magnets and all that sort of stuff? In the especially in the um, module about marketing, we definitely we talk about lead magnets and um, attraction marketing versus initiated initiative marketing. Mm -hmm. Um and about mastering your offer, knowing your niche, 
and um, I create a Google Sheet workbook for each module. So therefore, you know, every module, you know, you're going to build on everything. You will have something to do in every module and it's going to get you one step closer. And um, relationship marketing, which I believe is phenomenal, which is what I'm doing right now on the on Google Meet with you. Yes. Which is pod, which is podcasting. Of course. And I'm like, I don't know why businesses are not doing this because hey, it's a lot cheaper than Facebook ads. Oh yes, now you're onto it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now, well, look, do you have a Facebook group where people can find you or how do you get together? Well, actually, once when as soon as they come in and they immediately go into the Facebook group uh-huh. and um, yes, and call uh, Purpose to Profit. That's the name of the Facebook group. Excellent. Well, look, we can make sure that those links are available after the call. But um, tell us what, what are people going to find when they visit your website, Nicole? Oh, they're going to find a lot of, on especially with the resources, the library resources, there are a lot of uh, worksheets and stuff that has to do with kindness on yep. there. Yep. I, I feel like just as a nation, there's just a lot of evilness things mm. that go on. I mean, I turn on the news and I get to the point where I don't want to turn on the news. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I go to the world news and I'm like, oh my gosh, another shooting? I mean, yes, come yes. on, it's just it's crazy. Isn't I'm it? like, I'm like, when when can we just get along. coexist? Just yep. coexist. Just get along. <laughs> well, yeah. it's it's certainly a, a path that we should be um, working towards together. And I wonder. Um, when people want to find Mahone Consulting, what's the actual domain address where they're going to go? They can go to MahoneConsulting.com or they can even go to SixFigureCEO.com forward slash waitlist. And that's um, the waitlist for the upcoming group coaching. You, 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 do, you do an intake every so many months, is that right? Yes. If anybody's on this call and you've been watching uh, or listening, should I say, with open ears, and um, this sounds like something that would benefit you to get that direction that you need in your business to work with somebody who has already walked the path before you, certainly reach out to Nicole at her website, uh, Mahone Consultants, uh, Consulting, sorry, that's M-A-H-O-N-E Consulting.com. I'll make sure to put the link back to... Um, all of the work that Nicole's doing and uh, she in turn once you start uh, your part in the program will invite you to the Facebook group and you can go from there so with all that being said Nicole thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. It's been a pleasure talking with you today and thank you for having me.